You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, sorry, Pogues. Um, no Ben Chapman this week. It's Bjorn Chumpman. Uh, Ben Chapman was too expensive, and you guys forgot to send the contract, so unfortunately, you lost the rights to Ben Chapman. Oh, we lost the rights. So I wrote a podcast for him. gone, and now I'm here, uh, Bjorn, Tra- Bjorn Chapman. Um, and I, I just hope to bring that same, uh, <coughs> uh, that same, uh, Ben Chapman, uh, energy. I'm going to be honest. I can't tell the difference. Great. Uh, uh, excellent. Um, uh, I, I guess I'll just go into some jokes then. That's what Ben would yeah. do, right? Yeah. Yeah. He would do like an opening bit. All right. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Bad movie. Bad movie who? No, that was it. Uh, that was the end of the. Okay, um, you know what? Uh, what's that? <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get back then. I'll actually. I'll send him the four dollars he demanded for another year's worth of the uh, podcast. Well, yeah, that's fair. I am. I am insufferable, so I do understand your choice here. Um, is there any chance that I could make it onto a T-shirt? Am I a? Am I a character uh, of note of some kind? Yeah, sure, we'll put you on a t-shirt because, let's face it, I never actually make any of the t-shirts we say we're going to. Maybe I'll just, maybe at least get an entry on the wiki, because, I mean, there's, uh, can't be trying. Hey, Pokes. Did you just kill that man, or? (laughs) Dr. Mordred. (laughs) More like Dr. Bordred. (laughs) Anyway, wow. folks, it's, it's it's great to be back. Uh, I'm so I excited. I still to... think this is beyond. <laughs> I'm so excited to do uh, a, a Doctor Strange ripoff um, that 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 no one's heard of, rather than doing the hit blockbuster <laughs> Doctor Strange film that might get us listeners. We're very smart. Hey, I know how to please our audience <laughs> of one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we did the multiverse version of Doctor Strange. See, I'm playing into that's what makes it this clever. You know, we're doing yeah. a multiverse version of Doctor Strange instead of doing multiverse of madness or madness of the multiverse, whatever it's actually called. It's it's going to be great. Trust me, this is going to be the one that launches this podcast into the stratosphere. Yeah, it would be kind of like if I mean, this would be like the um. This would be like what happened in a, an alternate universe where like Kevin Feige like walked under some people lifting a piano up on like a rope, you know, and died mm-hmm. in a freak a freak piano accident. Um, and so the MCU never really came together, so they just kept making weird disassociated movies that they put no money into. Um, and uh, we'd end up with something like this. <laughs> this this so- was uh, well. Let's first of all let's put the word movie in quotes because yeah, this is how the is- length of an animated film. <laughs> How is this not just a TV movie? That's how it should be listed. I know it didn't air as such, but I feel like that's that's what this came out like in terms of quality, special effects, and general performance energy delivered by the actors in the film. Yeah, I mean, the guy playing Dr. Mordred is his only acting like ability is he just seems like a creep. Like he seems like a guy at a bar who's just creepily looking at a woman, you know? And, like, she's worried about walking out to her car. He just seems creepy, and he has, like, no emotion when he talks, and he's just, like, dead-eyeing. And then there's really uh, nobody else ref- is actually an actor. <laughs> you're referring to the insane delivery by Jeffrey Combs in every scene? 
Yeah. yeah. No, none more than the final scene in which I swear they called him back and they were like, you forgot to film the ending. And he was like, I don't have any pages for this. And they just held up a cue card because he has no emotion. He's just dead reading it. Yeah. It's wild. You're, you, just to be clear here, you're referring to the reanimator himself. Yes. Jeffrey Combs. Uh, 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 as giving a awkward, uh, uneven, unenergetic performance with very strange... I, I think Jeffrey Combs' performance could be accurately described as, like, he, he every Catatonic. line he's... Every line he's delivering, he was just given it. So he hasn't yeah. had a chance to, like, warm up to the words. And he... And in a way to just sort of make it more impactful, he elevates the volume of a certain like syllable and widens his eyes. <laughs> That's kind of his, his delivery on everything. It, he is wide-eyed on everything, as if like it's, he's surprised. But it is so it creepy. is wild. Like it feels like they filmed him during the coverage for the other actors, or like he thought they were doing the other actors. So like he thought he was just reading his lines for the other actors to react during their close-up. And so he's just, like, saying them instead of acting them. Especially at the end. He's, it's wild. Like, yeah, he just has no delivery whatsoever. But he's also, like, the most insane character. Because, like, the, this movie is an hour and ten minutes, maybe. Max. Uh, yeah, and the first five minutes of it are, like, a slow pan of his apartment. While they show all the people who worked on it. Which I couldn't believe. I was like, this is such a long it is opening it is it's got aggressive elevator music and they pan over his bizarre um his bizarre like apartment design a lot like the intro to like back to the future you know where they're panning over like doc doc brown's like elaborate machinery to like feed his dog um it's a lot like that in terms of its pacing and slow camera roll um, except it's playing this sort of like, like if if you just sort of like warped the uh, menu mu- music for a Sierra game, like a, a yeah, for, from the late nineties. It was like the first public domain song they could get. They're like, we need something, and somebody was like, well, my cousin writes knockoffs of famous pieces of music. Uh, it- but I guess they spent time on the set because if you kind of go back, this movie has about four sets. <laughs> That encompass the entire film. Uh, It's his apartment, a police station, a a, a random street in in, in Sao Sao Paulo, and then, like, the museum for the finale. That's it. That's all we get. (laughs) That's the whole movie. The the quote-unquote museum and the, um, like, abandoned church they film in, I feel Mm -hmm. like those were the same places. And I think, like, I feel like if you had gone through the doors of the museum, they would have gone into a hallway that was the police station. Like, it just feels like they had yeah, three, but like, sets, and that was, like, it was one set that they just kept using. To the production team's credit, Dr. Mordred's apartment is incredible, and I love it. I love oh, every Oh, yeah, they went balls to the wall on it. It, it is, it is, I want, like, a, a nice freeze frame of it that I can look at, because there's, I mean, like, in addition to just lots and lots of shelves... There's all kinds of weird, unexplained artifacts that would be fun to explore in a film, but we don't. Um, and then there's <laughs> there's yeah. like a, a wall of TVs where he watches the news, a really inaccurate map of the world. 
a map of the world that like it looks like he bought in 1863 like yeah, you know yeah, like when the yeah. like, we missing. haven't yet finished mapping the africa <laughs> it's missing a lot of countries um and then and then yeah just a variety of like 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 in the real you know mcu doctor strange like just sort of presumed magical artifacts seen around that are curious and interesting including like, the, like that that one sort of like japanese dragon box in like the center of the room yes <laughs> And and by the way, no kitchen, no bed. <laughs> Just <laughs> couldn't figure out if there was a bathroom either. He has he makes coffee at one point out of an elaborate like steampunk machine, but I there's definitively no toilet in that space. <laughs> but we find out he's not actually human, so yeah. And, and this is of no concern to his guest who appears and walks in. I was like, I like your place. I'm like, this would you would walk in and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you would walk in and see a man that had like a wall sized map that just has little pins in it you'd be like uh oh <laughs> <laughs> uh oh <laughs> i think i left my stove on bye my favorite thing the best relic in the entire apartment is uh next to his tv um is three full shelves de- 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 that are all vhs tapes yes of, of the of news, the news. <laughs> that he's recording with like a timestamp, and then he marks them as like multiple i'm like you can't record multiple news things on a vhs tape like, that's not how it works you can't take it eight tvs it doesn't play back to eight tvs but i also love that he's just kind of like an old crazy person right yeah like he's he's recording the news and like what comes up is you realize that doesn't he doesn't need the news he's just he just sits there all day and watches it so why is he recording it the absolute best part about this doctor strange is that he is the most analog doctor strange that you'll ever find because the real doctor strange like floats all of his like his cape comes to him he's his tea makes itself and flies over into his hand like everything is like magic magicified a little bit this guy vhs records like brazilian news <laughs> and shelves it and then like when he has to do magic it's like really boring slow alchemy <laughs> well when he does magic later on like it starts the magic starts oh i don't boy. even know how to, most of the magic moves look like uh like when people are like tap dancing and they like throw their hands forward like yeah. there's no like you know dr strange like it does hand motions and like you know like the stuff you would think of the somatic components of magic like moving your hands turning them into like you know like assuming like a hand position every time somebody does magic in this they sort of just throw their hands towards the camera because they're just going to layer over this blinding light effect that you can't see but it just makes it really bad my favorite is that this movie also you know there's some ways to do an intro to a film you know there's like the cold open there's a variety of of methods and sometimes it's to start an action movie in a someplace small you know john mcclain getting off a plane or 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 you know uh or you start jumping right into the action you know uh you watch harrison ford's wife being murdered in a montage and he's he's in jail being asked be questioned about it you kind of get people like rapidly into the plot but all of it usually approachable this movie was like what if jeffrey combs was just floating in space in front of two eyes and just sort of talking nonsense for 20 minutes (laughs) and then and then he just like is he's in an apartment and we don't know who he is or why he is or what he is like we just don't know a fucking thing for a solid 45 minutes it's 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 certainly a way to start your movie uh, I also love that his first use of magic is, I believe, to avoid small talk. 
<laughs> yes, I that that was like one of my first notes. Like my first notes start with, "Oh God, this title's way too long." Wow, this floating eye scene is very upsetting. And then we are introduced to the crazy people who live in his building. And then, a, you know, an attractive woman is, like, chatting him up, and he uses magic to dip. Like, he's just, like, she's like, oh, by the way, and he, like, uses his amulet to just make himself, I guess, invisible so he can walk back into his house. I couldn't figure out what he actually did. But... Yeah, she, 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 look, there was a dispute between tenants, which we learn later are his tenants. Um, which, uh, they, they, why that was in the movie, I, I have no out. idea. But, but yeah, so it's established that there's, like, some sort of exchange happening uh, uh, out here. And and he, he steps out just to sort of observe it. And then she goes to just sort of ask him something pleasant as a neighbor that she has some interest in learning more about. And he kind of, like, looks terrified and, like, waves his medallion around just so that she'll, like, lose track of time so he can slip back into his apartment and not be asked about, like the trash policy in the building and or whether just or not to be like how are you you know yeah like, she's not gonna like turn around and be like are you a wizard seems like it's you're working a long, really long hours huh yeah and then we find out her job which is like this is the sort of job that could only exist in a movie or a tv show her job is she's a consultant for the police on occult murders now I'm going to go out on a limb and assume most murders are just regular murders. <laughs> you know, crimes of passion, vengeance, part of a crime. I don't think there's a lot of cult murders. But, like, what's the craziest part about the whole thing is, like, she's not a professor of the occult and the police use her. Her literal job is she just helps out with occult-themed murders and can live in New York City, which seems very hard to do. Yeah. It was I, just such, like, a wild... Like, I was like, why couldn't she be a professor of the occult or something? Like, why did it have to be such a specific, weird, non-existent job? I do adore this sort of era uh, in cinema, which is, like, especially in the late 80s, like, early 90s, where it seems like they think that, like cities are awash with like these spiked like hair like leather jacket wearing like like metalheads who are who are deep into like obscure like you know occult gods you know what yeah, i mean never just like they're like they worship satan it's always like you know some sumerian god that you've never heard of and you're just like what what's going on yeah i guess and, that was the 80s just the i just satanic panic i've met plenty of people who are like deep deep metal fans who whose personality is you know is, is infused with their taste in music and everything and i don't know any of them that, that also sort of like hope to bring about the apocalypse do you know what i mean it's yeah a, it's a confusing overlap i think they just want to like smoke smoke cigarettes and hang out at denny's that's the vibe i've gotten for most of them so i don't know where the idea comes that they want to go possess old churches typical <laughs> yeah. I, I really that's just it now, now that we're talking about it it is just the 80s obsession with the satanic yeah. panic that like everything is going to make kids into satan worshipers it's uh, fascinating it's absolutely yeah fascinating. and this this does feature one of my favorite things from bad 80s movies and some just regular 80s movies which is um people who are like punk or like metalheads that are like <laughs> the most insane version 
I'm a punker metalhead. Like, this guy's like, I'll fucking kill anyone if you tell me to, dude. It's all do it. I'm like, where did they find, like, is that what they think metalheads sound like? Or, like, punk kids? Or, like, oh, dude. Like, he's, he's like a surfer, but he has, like, long black hair. And he's obsessed with, and they're, they act like they know him and his girlfriend. She's like, oh, this is great, man. He picked us when he could have picked anybody. How do you even know who the fuck this guy is? He's not a real, like, he's not, you know, I mean, it's not like they are worshiping an actual devil who's coming. You know, like, they're like, we're worshiping Satan or, like, you know, Mephistopheles or something. This is just some made-up character from this movie. How do these two fucking morons know who he is? Yeah, I mean, they would have had to have, like, spe- specialized, like, in college in, like, in, like, obscure, yeah, obscure religions. Like, yeah, yeah I, it doesn't make any sense. But I love the, I'm fascinated by the, by the recurrence of this in, like, all movies about crime. Like yeah, every- yeah, the, the, the punk, the punk criminals of the 80s are one of my favorite things. Uh, and this movie's got, yeah, like, just one, one, <laughs> just one, one guy that's made invincible who wastes the ability and then is su- su- summarily, like, ejected from the film. Um, he, but he is, like, I feel he might have been on real drugs. Oh, absolutely. His, he's, yeah. like, yelling everything he's saying, and he's, like, real amped up and twitchy. Uh, he was wild. And he never asked what happened to his girlfriend, who uh, Cabal kills... And drains her of blood for no purpose that they ever explained in the movie. He just murdered this uh, woman who was his. Like, he needed athlete. the blood for his alchemy. I, I cannot. I cannot figure out the muse, the, the the magic in this in this game. Yeah, there, this, this movie. This movie. I, I also. There's so many things that are like. One, I was not expecting that woman to be topless right before he murdered her. I was like, oh my god, there's nudity for, in this for a while. Yes, and it's like a very long scene for him then just to kill her by putting a ring on her forehead. But so like the basic plot of this movie is like Dr. Mordred, or yeah, who is uh, apparently also gives speeches to people about how they should know about the occult to do criminology, which I couldn't figure out. Uh, but he does all this. He lives I, in an apartment building. You forgot, woman... you, you forgot one adjective. Deeply, profoundly demonstrably incompetent dr mordred yes he's very bad (laughs) and then we find out like as it goes on he explains basically you know he invites this woman in they become friendly he finds out by traveling to this floating city that uh cabal has escaped and blinded his friend uh who some of the worst practical makeup effects I've ever seen. It looked like they took two pepperonis and just taped them to the guy's face over his eyes. Look, it was so bad. We're going to get to that guy in a minute. Yeah, but, but so the plot but, that is like, he then comes back. Uh, he gets arrested because she sends the police to talk to him and his medallion has a similar pattern on it to this burn that's on this woman's body and then cabal comes back and then he shows up and beats cabal it is the quickest turnaround at the end of a film i have ever like he doesn't even beat him by being clever he just beats him by he does not beat him by being clever he does not beat him because he learned something important from the tertiary character he's not stronger he's not he has not gained any any strength he has he does not do something clever he does not prove his his better worth because he studied he studied like the good magic while he was obsessed with the dark magic. He just sort of 
the, the finale is this. They both make dinosaurs, and Dr. Mordred thinks, I guess I'll have mine attack him instead of his other dinosaur. Yes. And, that's I mean, the, and that is the end of the film. It is... That's it. It is, like, the sloppiest ending. Um, I, I mean, but, the whole plot is sloppy. But... I, am, I am fascinated by how bad Dr. Mordred is as a character, because he has all the same concepts and sort of setup as dr strange obviously he exists in this like kind of obscure you know arcane study in the heart of a city uh we'll assume new york and he he he's uh, tasked with sort of protecting the the earth and its mortal plane from the various threats from the from the outside cosmos um and by doing so he obviously performs rituals and divination to sort of be on top of any kind of risks or imbalances in in the nature of the universe that's dr strange um this guy his job seems smaller his job is just kind of protect like this one captured guy from getting out you know what I mean? Yes, there, and, and this is like where there the are no other be. threats he establishes. Like there's some demons in like behind a door that he already sealed away, so they're good. And he has a guy yeah, watching he, them. He so doesn't. That's good. He's just watching because there's a prophecy about this guy escaping, which just made me think: if you knew the time and place that he was supposed to escape, why weren't you all just there watching him intently right before then? Like if you knew that right. this is when it was going to happen. But the villain... Why weren't you just, uh... The villain doesn't just escape in the film. It appear, He appears to have escaped months ago. And it's just sort of building an entire empire. And, like, performing all kinds of thefts around the world. And, and Dr. Mordred only catches on to it. Because, again, he's videotaping the news. There's no ritual. There's no divination thing. He doesn't sparkle, you know, like well, occasionally just snake dust. Eyes tells him stuff. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't sparkle like some sort of, you know, warlock ingredient on a fire and like discovers that there's been a breach in the the, the cosmo cosmic prison. He just like watches TV and hears about like a heist of platinum in Sao Paulo, and he's like. Oh uh, shit! The guy I was supposed to be watching got out. Ah oh, crap! I should have been—I don't know—going to visit every now and then, checking in on like the but prophecy. I don't. He actually says something. when the eyes appear, they're like, "You're going to have to pass over to find out more." And I'm like, "Why don't the eyes know what's going on?" But he's like, you know, "Why didn't I'm, I'm he not... know that?" <laughs> but he also says, "You know, I don't really have. I, that, I'm not really that skilled." And I was like, this is your protagonist? He's like, in the first four minutes of the movie, nagging himself? Like, like, I, like, I, 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 I fucking suck at this. But the secondary conceit of Doctor Strange is that you have to do all of this while, you know, living a mortal life. So you have to sort of try and be uh, isolated and try and, um, you know, uh, obscure any kind of... Uh, any kind of uh, occult stuff that might leak out and and sort of you know be this sort of a uh, uh, watcher and guardian of the mortal universe um he's like well i got plenty of time since i'm already beefing the one job i was supposed to do i guess in my free time i'll just remind everyone that the occult stuff i'm hiding exists by giving ted talks about it yeah like, why would you do that <laughs> it is like crazy that I, I feel like maybe part of what they had to get rid of was like the idea of like the sorcerer supreme and constant threats that he's protecting the world from because i felt like maybe that was in the script and they're like no that's gonna get us sued because that's dr strange because you know this movie in case you didn't listen to the mini episode i don't know if we explained it well 
when they made this movie they wrote a script for a doctor strange movie because the producer owned the rights to doctor strange but something happened it's not 100 percent clear but they didn't they lost the rights i will say and so they just rewrote the movie and changed the people's names and then like slightly rewrote it and then filmed it anyways i will say i did read some interesting um posts about this when i was doing some research for the episode apparently the script writer has has um c- come back against that that claim saying it's not accurate he suggested instead that like um jack kirby was hired to like buy some studios to like put together some concept art for movies they could make um and, and one of those was a character called dr mortalis who would later be the inspiration to create dr strange and that's what they base it on so it's like still all tied together but it's like instead of them basing it on dr strange they base it on the concept art that was also what dr strange was based on you know what i mean like there's some kind of there's there's, there's uncertainty that about would it. that would seem insane though that can't pop like that seems insane Jack kirby would not give away concept art for a character he I, also i'm not sure did jack kirby create dr strange I again, I, it's a good question. I don't know uh, uh, if there's some overlap there or what, but but that was what the that was what the screenwriter of this movie said. Not that he's a great source either, because I was gonna say it's Steve Ditko. That's what I thought. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was Ditko who created, who was the artist who created Doctor Strange with Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. So so there's there's some this weird full of shit. There's some <laughs> weird notes out there. I don't buy it either. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the premise here is that there was decisively some like doctor strange overlap when the with the creation of this uh of this film but yeah i guess they had to distance themselves so much from it that they just made nothing because yeah he's well you can definitely see like during the movie like the beginning his apartment is very doctor strange oh absolutely he wears he wears uh, the medallion the ma- he wears is it very feels doctor like strange he, has it, to put, he puts on a cape for some reason at one point I feel like he had a different medallion on, and then they're like, "Oh, that one's too close. Can we make one really quick, really quickly out of like cardboard?" <laughs> because it felt like they that is the shittiest on top of the one the they sh- made. Like they <laughs> that is like kindergarten art. It is so bad, and it would be totally something you could bypass if it wasn't a crux of the plot from from start to finish. <laughs> it's so confusing because again like even the villain spends much of the movie attempting to do fucking alchemy of some kind like mixing up platinum and yeah, they're like not diamonds particularly magical because like what they, he's essentially trying to do is just open what was a not locked door in the floating castle planet yeah that thing's not locked you could just push it up there's nothing holding it in place and in real <laughs> life like like dr dr mordred like he, he gets out of handcuffs but like any vegas ma- magician could do that and yeah. they ke- and by the way everyone keeps calling him a magician instead of like you know a warlock or a wizard and i can't get past it because when he's a magician i just think of like chris angel like i can't get yeah. around it he's a mind freak <laughs> <laughs> but like his actual powers that he demonstrates outside of the the medallion is that apparently he like puts crystal knives into his body to shoot them out later is that what yeah I, I i could not figure that because it, it never it comes up they show him doing it for like a minute and then yeah. he throws it once and then that's, that's it. it and then another time he like casts a yellow spell that like knocks the bad guy back but outside of that oh and he makes a fake gun at some point but that's it that's all the magic you see. Everything else is tethered to either slow, elaborate alchemy rituals, or he has like a he has the medallion. But even better, 
There's a button on it. <laughs> yeah, that just freezes time. It's not even like it's not even like the like like the amulet's enchanted and he's able to sort of channel arcane energies from it. It's no, some guy made it for me. You just press the little button and it creates a time flash and then you can run away. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking it's fucking dog shit. I I I can't I I can't get past the just yeah he he doesn't he doesn't have any way of detecting the one thing he's supposed to stop from happening. So it does happen. He, he he can't, he can barely conceive of a way to stop it. He's foiled by, like, a cop. Like, just a cop. Like, is able to just sort of well, what derail his entire plan of protecting they the They arrest realm, him the and he realm. can't do anything to get out of it. No, he's he just, like, stuck. He has to have stuck. Virgo get his medallion. And then there was also the scene, so she comes in to talk to him. Her name, I forget what her name is. It's something Hunt, I think. Um... She comes in to talk to him while he's in interrogation. And he's trying to explain to her that magic is real and that he's a sorcerer. And she tells him that they're recording their conversations. And then he holds up a napkin or like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a snap hey, rag. Handkerchief, yeah. And uh, he's like, I want you to see two young boys. And my first thought was like, oh. she just told you this is being recorded by the police. This is not going to help your case. Not how you but started then he explains that him and Cabal are were like kids who were raised on a planet that had magic, and I guess that's where the eye, the, the floating eyes are from. And then Cabal left, and they came to Earth, and Cabal wanted to try to take over Earth. So in like a moment of where he was like weakened, Doctor Mordred chained him up on this floating planet and left him with a bunch of other like sorcerers. And then he came to Earth to watch over Earth in case Cabal escaped. Now, what seemed confusing about that was, why didn't he just stay there and watch him to make sure he did? Why would he come to the planet and be like, in case he gets away? Why is that helpful? <laughs> like, wouldn't it be better if you were there to keep him in prison? I feel like that'd be a better use of your time. Yeah, and create... And then, yeah, create that's some... like the plot. Create some fucking enchantments, some magic circles, something to keep him in it seems to be they've just sort of like chained him up in this like weird pocket realm who is guarded by someone that we cannot get too far into this episode without talking about perhaps the most interesting character in the whole film the most confusing as well we are introduced to gunner who is a wizard i guess uh, who is carrying a gun who is carrying a gun he is dressed like he has just been uh like he was filming a mad max movie next door yes and they grabbed him and just dragged him in it's a no time well, for a feels, costume change it feels more like he was going to like one of those mad max things they do in the desert where like people show up dressed as mad max yeah, characters a, a, and a, he's not cosplay is not his thing yeah, yeah, he looks like he's cosplaying a Mad Max character and also drank, like, a 40 on the way in. He's also uh, just a big, burly, filthy biker with a redneck accent who is also wearing, I think, chainmail and has a grenade launcher that we learn later shoots lasers. Yes, he has, like, <laughs> he has like the, the grenade launcher from Terminator 2. Yeah. A little, like, toop one. Uh, but what's toop. wild is um, he... When they show up, like I said, uh, Mordred shows up and he's like, what happened to Cabal? And he's like, oh, he got away. Yeah, dang. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I, and he's like, he killed all the other sorcerers and then burned my eyes out. And I was like, boy, that's a weird escape method. 
Thank God he left. And then he's like, he's talking, and the whole time he has these terrible prosthetics on yeah. that are supposed to be like his eyes are gone. It, it seriously looks like they just taped pepperoni to his eye and then yep. painted it. And then uh, he tells this whole thing, explains it, the demons are still in, goes on and on. And then Dr. Mordred's like, well, here, old friend, and gives him back his eyesight. It's like, maybe you've done that when you first walked up to him. Why did you sit there and talk to a man with no eyes for four minutes instead of instantly being like, well, first, this is gross. Let me give you some eyes. Why didn't, why, why wasn't there a single method for you to observe what's happening here? The most important place in your entire universe is, is, is watching this one location. Well, I think the other location. question is, so you imprison this guy and there's like 15 sorcerers watching him and they're too shitty to stop him? Like, how did he get back his fucking medallion? Because it appears that you just taken his medallion. You guys don't have any powers without yeah, your medallions. A- everything seems hooked to the medallion. Did you just have it on a hook nearby? Was yeah, I think they just reach? left it on, and they're like, "Well, his hands are up; he can't do anything." And we, and then we, we, we have frequent cutovers to the villain Cabal, who is played by Brian Thompson, who is a face that you will absolutely recognize as soon as you Google him uh, uh, from like a thousand different like B movies and a couple of weird like like big movies like Terminator, where he briefly plays like a punk guy, and and, and my favorite, he plays the Night Slasher, the, c- the central antagonist in Cobra. Yeah, that's where everybody's gonna know him from. Uh, as well as Shao Kahn in uh, the Mortal Kombat uh, sequel. But so he has a very, he has perhaps Hollywood's greatest cheekbones, and he is, uh, and he is, uh, uh, he is playing the villain who, as far you know, has the boring plot of I'll destroy the universe for some reason. Um, he also feels like they had him for four days, because like he's <laughs> in so few shots, and I don't think. Other than when he first appears in the apartment, Dr. Mordred and him, I don't think are any shots together after that. No, they're, they're only in the finale. And I'm not even sure 100% they're in the shots when they're in the apartment together now that I think about it. I think they're separated a lot, but it was very wild. It just feels like he was there and Dr. Mordred was not. And The, the, char- the characters themselves also never uh, share the same room because when he first like harasses Dr. Mordred in his own, uh, in his own space... Uh, uh, in his own, uh, 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 you know, sanctum, yeah. sanctorum. Uh, uh, he, when he first uh, meets him there, he's astral projecting, and then in return, Doctor, which Mordred, they couldn't say, do, yeah, his do, spirit was traveling. Doctor Mordred does the same thing to to, <laughs> to win at the end. Yeah, at the end. So the, the, the two characters never share the same space. Um, uh, and then uh, this, the ending of this movie also brought up a very confusing question. So as Ben points out. Uh, the bad guy spends most of the movie standing in rooms looking at cheap models of like diamonds spending way too long caressing a nude woman uh and then like having that punk guy just yell and be excited about everything he then shows up and he's going to open the door so that all the demons that were sealed away when he was captured can run free and come to earth and kill all the humans right Enslave uh, them doing or that whatever. With yeah. Plutonium or uranium or something, which I couldn't figure out why they needed. Like that seemed like a weird spellcasting component. He sure he is. To, he, had, he had to wait for Earth to reach the nuclear age before he could take it over. I'm adding but, that to D and D, by the way. I'm putting that yeah, as we need the to material. Get some. Yeah. Uh, but so he, they're in the National History Museum or something because that's where the alchemist bowl he needs is, and he's making stuff, and he makes a skeleton of a dinosaur come to life. 
which two security guards run in and then try to shoot. Why would you try to shoot a skeleton? It's not going to do anything. It's Dude, a skeleton. you are not being paid enough to fight animated dinosaurs. They, you would it's just cool. run just away. Just get out of there. So Dr. Mordred, who's astral projecting, is, we're told, can't do anything. He can't affect anything. He's worthless. So he turns a mammoth skeleton alive, and it starts fighting the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then as the gate is about to be open, he's like, hold on a second. The dinosaur, can, you know, the skeleton can fight. He has the mammoth walk over and just straight up stab Cabal in the chest with its tusk. And it goes through him and kills him and ends the ritual. If all they had to do was stab him, why did they imprison him the first time? <laughs> why didn't they just stab him he had, while he was he chained had no up? He apparently was him. able to be killed at any point. He just figured out, like, the gap in, like, Pokemon, right? Where it's like, I'm going to have my my monster fight your monster. He's like, well, what if I had my monster go at you? You can't do that. Oh, no, I've lost. <laughs> um, oh, God, there's so much lightning. <laughs> Um, that, that's the phenomenon. He's like, I'll make a dinosaur to fight your dinosaur. All right, well, my dinosaur stabs you. Shit! No! <laughs> and then he just dies, and all I could think of was, you guys really should have just shot him with your laser yeah. gun, like, four or five times when he was chained up to the why, wall. Why chain him up with, with Gunner, the most, the most confusing, anachronistic character in the history of cinema? <laughs> yeah, it, it, he then, at the end, uh, when the gate to the demon place closes again, he's like, I did it. And I'm like, so this guy is a fuck moron too why was he left in charge of the most dangerous person in the universe so then after all this is hap- this happens uh mordred is told by the voice of the floating eyes that he can't stay on earth because he will now endanger future missions because the police know about him he's a magician couldn't or a sorcerer couldn't he just change his appearance and two what future missions? He's literally been on the planet for 100 years just waiting yeah. to see if someone steals some diamonds. We esta- which I feel like happens somewhat often. We established the one thing that he was here to do, which apparently he did badly and resolved yeah, Well, easily. he completed. Yeah, he completed it. Good He's for him. Done. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't expect him to do anything else. Yeah, but I, and so they send him away, and the girl is bummed because she's, she's totally into, you know, this guy who is definitely you know you wouldn't want to leave your drink alone with him but she's she's like into him and he leaves and he shows up at the end while she's just living in his bathroomless apartment talking to his bird on christmas but since we don't know what time what time frame any of the rest of the movie takes place i have no clue how long it's been since he's been gone you know i was like is this the next night or is it supposed to be months later and she tells his raven or whatever that they're gonna drink some eggnog and watch it's a wonderful life and then he shows back up and delivers the creepiest like i'm sure i'll need your help wherever they send me next but first we have to drink our eggnog and watch our movie (laughs) for the first time and i was like oh my god really upset this is creepy and then that's just how the movie ended and it's like a still shot of him looking like just to the left of a camera so you know he's just reading those off of a cue card but it was the weirdest ending to a film and i was like so they're just gonna travel to another planet and do what because he's really bad at what he does as ben pointed out he's really incompetent he can't divine anything he's very bad at magic um he can be foiled by an average tired detective in new york city (laughs) like it's just 
it, he was foiled by handcuffs and what sounded like a police officer. Like that was it. Like he has no illusionary magic. At one point, when there's um, there's concern that he has is in a fire in his apartment because he's doing magic in there, and I, for some reason it's hot. Um, well, when he when he travels to the other world, his like mountains of used magazines blow over, and then some books just catch on fire. They never explain why. But yeah, you were saying he comes back uh, to his burned book apartment. Yeah, yeah, he 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 opens the door like out of his burned book apartment uh, to the concerned citizens outside. Which, by the way, um, someone calls the fire department. Which you know, if a door is is on fire, hot, probably a good call. But I don't understand why the first fireman that's there is like, axe the door. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not what you do. You don't open up chan- more channels of oxygen to the fire. Nor do you just axe doors. They open. The fire. Yeah. The fire hasn't locked the door. Like it's, the first thing he would do is reach out and see if the doorknob was hot. Also, like they would, they would have walked into that building and been like, "There's no smoke. There's no like, smoke. Yeah. There's no fire anywhere." Um, and then, like the police are like, "We're gonna. This is you, know, you filed a false doc- police report." It's like not really how that works. Doctor Mordred opens his door, and I was like, "That's just it your catches home. an axe." Yeah, it catches an axe, which is like, all right, uh, but. <laughs> But everyone's just standing there, and, like, the, the, the cops and, like, firemen, like, peer into his very creepy, bizarre room. Yeah, he's like, see, there's nothing wrong here. And I'm like, there's a lot wrong there. I mean, like, you have no you've, you have no contingencies to if someone, like, looks into your place. Like, it doesn't, like, look like a regular apartment or something. There's yeah, no- when he invited her in, I expected it to look like Seinfeld's apartment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there, it would just look like a regular There's apartment. no illusions. There's no secret doors. You just have everything here, all this magic and all your notes and your TVs and your map of, like, fucking gold thefts in, in, in Brazil. Like, that's you have this all here, and, like, there's this no attempt to hide it. In fact, you regularly go down to the community, like, the community center auditorium and talk about ghosts and demons. Yeah, it was... Trying it was, to convince just... people that they exist. And oh. that they should use them in their police investigations. Like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe that's why we're losing the war on drugs. We haven't asked any of them if they worship Satan. Oh, it was God. so yeah. It was just and like the, the the police and the fire department are so mad when they leave the apartment. Like you know, the police are like we're gonna arrest you for filing a false report. It's like that's not what calling nine one one and being like I think a building on is on fire. Unless you're doing it to like try to kill the fire department, you know what I mean? Like she genuinely thought the building was on fire. She was there. She was waiting to help them. They're not going to arrest her for that. That's just you know she made a mistake. They're not going to be like we're going to prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. It is. It's just so weird. Yeah, it's 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 baffling. And then, like you said, just to be like invited in, and like if you walked into a person's apartment and they just had a wall of TVs that was playing news from every like all foreign countries, wouldn't you just be like? I have to get out of here. Everything like, he does... I, it would just be such a red flag. Everything he does, his, where he lives, how he lives, the way he talks, his stares, everything about them is a red flag. A massive red flag. But then, like, I couldn't figure out, too, when they were like... Well, she was like, oh, you own the building? And I was like, okay, what does that have to do with it? Like, why is that even in this movie, that he's the landlord? Yeah, and then his response is, don't tell anyone. I'm like, that sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sorry the winter. I was like, um, it's not really how landlords work. You have to, you know, maintain... And he's also lived there for 100 years, which I guess was supposed to be, like, the idea was that he bought the building so that no one would ever be like, hey, this guy's always lived here. 
He also but ca- at the same time, it was like, yeah, it seems sort of weird. He repeatedly says also that um, that 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 it used to it used to be a nicer city in New York in eighteen ninety two. Yeah, hundred years ago. Say, I'm just gonna throw this out here. New York has never been a nice place to live until like the early nineties. <laughs> like and even New then York, it was a little day. Like it was just a hellscape for long periods of its existence. Just, it was controlled by the mafia for a long just time. Just orphans dying and everything smells like both horse and real human shit. Like yeah, I, I, what like, are you what are you talking about? It was better. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been like eighteen. Doctor Mortrin plumbing. It, All the police are crooked. I mean, it's just like you know. Hey, Doctor Mordred, was it everyone was white uh, that that was allowed to own property? Is that what was cool about about a hundred years ago? I think maybe he was just excited VHS hadn't been invented. He's he's like an insane old like an old person in this movie. He records the news. Um, he he only has a coffee machine. He, nothing else. He obsesses over a time that he was. Wears, he wears a confusing bathrobe that is a cape. Yeah, he obsesses over a time that was demonstrably worse, and and believes somehow that it was better, even though you know half the country couldn't vote or have rights. And and he also um uh, he also like listening to his speeches. They also live in a building that was definitely built in the last twenty five years. Yeah, hundred percent. But I also like during his like his like TED talk about about criminology and 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 stuff. He like talks about as well as like other conversations. He talks about not like magic and like oh don't you ever see the mysteries and the curiosities in the world? He's like chemtrails. Like he's like he's well, he, like, he, <laughs> he does say that the zodiac. He's like there was a killer in California who terrorized them on the zodiac. So I was like that's not really what the zodiac. I mean he kind of did that, but like. Wasn't like necessarily like his whole thing was the zodiac. He didn't like you know. But he talks be about like, like ah, it's the year of the goat. I killed so you know. I mean, it was like not really. But his magic that he talks about is like crystals and energies. Well, and he talks about how like you know the the word lunatic comes from the word for luna, and you know how people say when things go crazy, it must be a full moon. I was like, this is something that people just say. It's, yeah, it's not it, a real thing. The moon doesn't make people crazy. It's he sounds like someone that would like corner you at a party, and it would be a real problem. Like he would just you would just be desperate to get out of that conversation, and probably because it would lead into him trying to sell you something from like a multi level marketing scheme about like how this water can heal you because it has silver in it. You know what I mean? Like he just sounds. Like yeah. an insane person. Uh, this bracelet will make you feel like happy all the time. It's, he's, just, he's just like an absolute maniac uh, who, who, who we discover again is bad at everything he was designed from the utter core of his fiction to do. <laughs> but we're also told like how he's such a great guy. Yeah, like, it is, real when nice he's guy. explaining the story, he's like, "Oh, one of the kids. It's just so nice, so altruistic, so handsome, great in the sack." Really like a compassionate lover, uh, also is a good cook, is available this Friday. And the other guy, oh, he was so bad. And, like, that's it. I was just like, jeez, bro, you can't, like, keep selling yourself about being this awesome. And then, yeah, it's just so weird. And then he turns out not to be any good at magic. His magic appears to be entirely based on that necklace he's wearing. Which Which allows him to, you know, like, teleport or whatever. And has, like, one ability. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. And then he can astral project and turn skeletons to life. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make make the claim uh, sincerely. It's not, for, it's not for watching. I mean, it could be an okay, like sit around with your friends movie. The problem is, is that like a lot of these ones, it's too slow. It doesn't get anywhere quick enough. 
it, it spent uh, it spends too much time in one room and the like the stop motion dinosaur fight is brief and only at the end and i gotta say uh, not as good as the stop motion in flesh gordon that was exactly now, what i was gonna ask you about yeah no flesh gordon's stop motion way better also funnier uh, i would say that like if you like watching bad movies with your friends and making fun of them, I think this would be a perfectly fine it, movie. It to is. Watch. In fact, they're going to do it for Mystery Science Theater 3000, I found out. I have found that out too. And it meets the criteria yeah. in that it is well enough made. You know, the the camera it, shots it, are stable. Earnest. There are definite, like like, like I said, the, like the, the apartment set is, is fantastic. And, you know, the, the effects team is doing what they can. Um, uh, so so it is an earnest movie that, that just has no core like plot no no hero's journey nothing nothing to observe or take in but yeah if you're looking for a bad movie to mock which the professional movie mockers intend to mock uh it's yeah meet, it I, and I, I think this also meets one of the best criteria, which is it's very short it's, it's yeah, barely over it's like God. an hour and five minutes because i watched it i found a version of it on youtube so i didn't have to pay to rent it uh Damn it, it had foreign language <laughs> subtitles that i couldn't figure out but shit <laughs> i watched it and it was an hour and 11 minutes long and it had four or five minutes worth of credits in it and the movie's only an hour and 14 minutes long according to imdb or whatever so it's barely a movie so i would say if you like making fun of bad movies with your friends it's definitely watchable like i uh, I it's not the I, best one i you know i was like i watched this on youtube my wife had to ask me what's dr mordred <laughs> which is just a really embarrassing question to answer you were like my new favorite movie <laughs> yep that's it <laughs> Well, I guess that answers the question. I, you know, maybe watch it. I don't know. I told you you could watch it for free on YouTube. So check it out. It is bonkers. Or just wait until season 13 of Mystery Science Theater 3000 does it. Uh, wild that I'd never heard yeah. of this movie. Then we do it on the podcast and then I see that and I was like, please only weird. watch it if you uh, have friends, are drunk, or both. Or if you're just a, not another origin story completionist and really That's like true. to suffer along with us. Yeah, if you are, get help. Uh, or I'm worried. Tell us. I'm worried about you. Or just tell us so you can be on an episode because you've earned that. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Not Another Origin Story. Come back next week. We'll tell you what movies up next. Finally done with Doctor Strange movies. Uh, there are no more. <laughs> <laughs>